0: Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Ohio's Social Media Parental Notification Act was approved as part of the state's recently signed budget bill. Lieutenant Governor John Husted was the driving force in getting this measure passed. He will join us to talk about what it is, how it works, and whether it will really make any difference. Also this morning, Building Better Brain Health. A new report examines how individuals can proactively take control of the things that contribute both positively and negatively to cognitive decline as we age. And we have another collection of yummy recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, July 14th, 2023. Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. So, the World Health Organization. This is one of the reasons why you have to read beyond the headlines. Uh, you you can't just read the headline of the story and be done with it. You've got to. And I know in this age of social media, where we get so many of our news headlines. Uh, As we're scrolling through our social media feed and so many people don't bother to click on the story and find out what the whole deal is, we just go off the headlines. This is why you can't do that. The World Health Organization declared yesterday that a very popular sugar substitute, uh, aspartame, is that how you pronounce it? I've always thought it was aspartame, but it's aspartame. Okay, Uh, anyway... uh, This is a popular sugar substitute that is included in many diet foods and it is sold over the counter uh, in a number of uh, popular brand names. Aspartame could possibly cause cancer, according to the World Health Organization. Uh, Let's see here. It's an artificial sweetener used as a sugar substitute in many diet foods. Notably, it's an ingredient in many diet sodas. However, the New York Times points out that In order for this to be a carcinogen, a person who weighs 150 pounds would have to drink about a dozen cans of diet soda a day to ingest the amount of aspartame that might possibly be a cause of cancer. So they're raising the alarm that this could be a cancer causer. But you would have to drink such an extraordinary amount. Now, that's not saying that there aren't some people who drink a dozen cans of diet soda a day. But I would think that that would be extremely rare. So, is this the health... Uh, I mean, this is like the the most useless health warning I think I've ever seen since the Alar scare for apples uh, about 40 years ago. But anyway, so... Just an example of why you have to read beyond the headlines. I thought I would uh, start off with that. A couple of other uh, interesting stories. The uh, FDA has now approved an over-the-counter birth control pill for the first time. Opil is expected to hit uh, shelves in 2024. Now, it's actually uh, been available for years and years and years as a prescription drug, but now it'll be available over-the-counter. It is a transformative change in contraceptive access and reproductive health. According to the organization Free the Pill in a statement, when used as directed, daily oral contraception is safe and is expected to be more effective than currently available non-prescription contraceptive methods in preventing unintended pregnancy. Uh, This, according to the uh, FDA, about 100 other countries already provide over-the-counter birth control pills for women. But until now, this has always been by prescription only in this country. So a big, big change. And again, by next year, you'll see these over-the-counters. Kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if you happen to see this story. It uh, Actually, I saw it. Earlier in the week, and I don't remember what day, anyway, a story about a teenager in North Carolina that was detained at uh, an airport um, over a travel loophole that violated the airline's policy. Here's the deal. It's called skip lagging. Hunter Parsons claims his son Logan was stopped and interrogated in Gainesville, Florida, When a flight employee noticed he had a North Carolina ID, the uh, employee uh, speculated, suspected that Logan, uh, even though he had a ticket from Gainesville to New York city, they suspected that he was not going to New York city, that he was going to uh, Charlotte where the layover stop for his flight was. And, this actually is a fairly popular way of gaming the airline system. Uh, a lot of times, travelers have found, savvy travelers have found, that a flight to, a, to another city that contains a layover to where you really want to go can actually be cheaper than a flight directly to that layover city. In this case, it was, uh, it was a flight from Gainesville to New York, that landed in Charlotte, he actually wanted to go to Charlotte. So he bought the ticket to New York and figured, I'll just get off the plane in Charlotte. Now, this only works if you don't check bags. Because if you check luggage, your luggage is going to New York. They don't get that off the plane. And technically, it's against the rules. American Airlines, in this case, and all the airlines say they prohibit it. uh, And American Airlines has gotten a lot more... um, uh, I want to say militant about enforcing it. I don't know if that's the word that I'm looking for, but they've gotten a lot more, uh, uh, they've cracked down on it. And uh, so this kid, but he's a a teenager and uh, that's really the, uh, uh, what's causing all the backlash. They canceled his ticket. They wouldn't let him leave Gainesville. And uh, his parents actually had to buy a ticket direct to Charlotte, which was more expensive than the trip. To, uh, to New York City. Uh, the airline has apologized, saying that the proper way of handling this would have been to warn the kid, don't try this again, or there'll be consequences, But and, and then just let him go. But, uh, but they detained him, questioned him, canceled his ticket, so it's a big uh, brouhaha. But the airline's cracking down on this because they're losing revenue. Uh, there's... Uh, one less person on that seat to New York that they could sell that ticket to somebody else and, and so on. It has to do with landing fees at the various al- airports, and, you know, it's a very complicated system. But have do you know anybody who's done that? We actually did that. My, my son actually did that one time when he was flying home uh, during the time he was at the um, in the military. He was flying, uh, I think, from Seattle to... Uh, wanted to fly into Detroit, but the ticket to like Kalamazoo that connected in Detroit was actually cheaper. So we booked that, got off the plane in Detroit, didn't buy, didn't get on board the, the other flight to uh, Kalamazoo. And it is, uh, it's pretty common. Here's the thing though. And this is the other uh, problem. You can't check any luggage. That's uh, issue number one. Here's issue number two. And we found this out when my son did this. Um, If the flight gets delayed or canceled, It could be a real mess because they won't rebook you to any place other than your original destination city, which in this case, in his case, was Kalamazoo. So they wanted to, when his flight got canceled... They're going to reroute him to Kalamazoo through Minneapolis, <laughs> which wasn't going to do a whole lot of good because he wanted to go to Detroit. So that's the other risk that you run in a situation like that. So, and again, technically, it is against the rules. So you uh, might want to think twice before uh, before doing that. Kind of an interesting story there. Uh, let's see what else is going on. And and here is uh, this story that I I, I I don't even know what to say about this. The annual mid-year report on the most popular baby names is out. Now, the baby name website, Nameberry.com, puts this list out uh, every July, and they look at the top trending baby names so far of the year, and they they track these trends based on the number of searches for various names on their site uh, for the first half of the year. And they have identified in 2023, the top trending names for boys and girls, respectively, are Royal and Luxury. Royal and Luxury. Royal for uh, boys, Luxury for girls. Uh, The mid-year report also uh, finds trends such as shorter names like Iris, Cora, Jude are uh, gaining in popularity rather than... uh, multi-syllable names. Storybook choices, including Alice, Eloise, and Kai. And there is a notable Greek influence in many of the trending names, like Calliope, Cassius, and Orion. Mythological and ancient names, such as Maeve, Aurelia, Aurora, Luna, Felix, and Atticus are very popular so far in 2023, along with names that end with an O, Hugo, Arlo, those O-ending names. These are the trending ones. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that all of the kids, you know, suddenly we have a huge influx in the number of kids getting names like Royal and Luxury. Presumably, not all of the parents-to-be who look up those names are going to choose those names. But the top five Trending names for girls in 2023: Luxury, Maeve, Aurelia, Isla, and Eloise. The top five for boys: Royal, Soren, Theodore, Silas, and Atticus. I don't know, man. How would you like to be saddled with a name like Royal for all your life? (laughs) You know what I mean? Parents, keep in mind that whatever name you give your kid, they're going to have to live with uh, forever. So, I don't know, a name like luxury (laughs) may not uh, be very luxurious for your little bundle of joy when she gets a little older. But those are the uh, top trending names for 2023. What do you think? There you go, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started.
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny skies today with a high in the mid 80s becoming cloudy tonight, a low in the upper 60s. Former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder is challenging the 20-year prison sentence he received after being convicted of masterminding the biggest corruption scheme in state history. The 64-year-old Republican's appeal to the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals has been expected. Householder has been held in county jail
0: since a judge sentenced him on June 29 to the maximum penalty for racketeering allowed under federal law. A jury convicted Householder in March of orchestrating the $60 million bribery scheme funded by First Energy, an Akron-based utility. It aimed to secure Householder's power, elect allies, and then to pass and defend a $1.3 billion nuclear power plant bailout. I'm Clay Gordon, ONN News.
1: Blanchard Valley Center, the Hancock County Board of Developmental Disabilities, will be holding a Christmas in July event.
2: We're really excited
3: to
0: bring this unique event to Finley. We wanted to offer a fun, family-friendly event for the community while creating exposure for Blanchard Valley Center.
1: Lanchard Valley Center's Nadine Weininger says the event, called Christmas in July Mission to the North Pole, can be looked at as a combination scavenger hunt and search for a secret treasure. It's coming up on July 25th. Get more details in the story on our website. Registration is open for the United Way of Hancock County's Fall Days of Caring for nonprofits looking to submit projects for help and the volunteers who will complete them. United Way CEO Angela Deboski says when volunteers lend a hand to an agency, it not only increases their capacity, but it provides a morale boost as well.
2: So many good things happen in Hancock County because of volunteerism and collaboration.
1: You can learn more about Days of Caring and see video from previous events in this story on our website. A teen golfer from New Albany, Ohio is teeing it up with the pros in Toledo.
3: Fifteen-year-old Mia Hammond is set to play in the LPGA's Dana Open just outside Toledo. She's heading into her sophomore year of high school. But get this, she earned her spot in the pros after qualifying round earlier this week where she shot five under par. Mm. This is her first LPGA tournament.
1: Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com.
0: We have the uh, lieutenant governor on the line with us this morning. A bit of a glitch in uh, getting connected with the uh, lieutenant governor. But, again, our cover story this morning, we're talking about Ohio's Social Media Parental Notification Act that was approved as part of the state's recently signed budget bill. And the lieutenant governor, John Husted, was the driving force in getting this passed. He joins us uh, this morning. Lieutenant governor, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. First of all, we appreciate it.
4: So well, glad to be with you.
0: Talk a little bit about what this measure is, what it includes. How does this work?
4: Well, let's first understand that social media and a variety of digital platforms, whether that be TikTok or Instagram, Snapchat, it, it is uh, proving to be harmful to our children because excessive use, particularly for young children is proven to have both mental and physical health um, impacts and academic a decline in academic performance. And so if you accept that premise that this is bad, particularly in excess to our children Mm -hmm. and to our young children, especially, then you say, well, we got to do something about it, right? We should should intervene. Um, And the social media companies uh, really go around parents right now. You can sign up you know, all you simply have to do is, if you're, you just say, "Hey, I'm old enough," and you sign up, and no one knows the difference, right? Right. Well, we want to give parents a say. We want parents to have a say in the digital lives of their children. So, what the what the the uh, new law will do is, it will require social media companies to confirm parental consent before signing up any of our children under the age of 16 to their social media platform. So uh, it's really just putting parents back in charge of the digital lives of their
0: children. So I, I think most everyone would agree with the uh, concept uh, that the concept is a, is a good idea. The devil is always in the details. How would this be enforced and how would this parental uh, confirmation or, or uh, approval, uh, How would what does that look like under this uh, measure?
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, look, we we work with the social media companies. We work with these tech companies and said, hey, we're going to give you some time to comply with this. So they're not going to have to comply until January of next year. Uh, but they have to build in into their platforms a parental consent terms of service uh, that you will have to confirm. You could do that with credit cards or um, we gave them a variety of options. They can mm-hmm. use um, a, a video conference that they can use a telephone c- confirmation they can use a government issued identification they can use a credit card anything that you would do to confirm that you're over the age of 16 um, and parents have the ability to do that we're going to allow the social media companies to build whatever platform they need to do that we're just going to hold them accountable for the outcome and if and if we find out that there are ways that they are they are allowing children under the age of 16 to sign up to their platforms and they can be held financially and legally liable for uh, their failure. to com-
0: That was the other uh, question. What are the penalties for social media companies that don't comply?
4: Yeah, well, there can be fines, suspensions, uh, a, a variety of, of uh, there's a variety of financial incentives for them to, to avoid uh, making, uh, failing to do this. And, and understand, this is the brave new world. Uh w- w- Ohio is a leader on this, but there are seven other states, South Carolina, Utah and others that have done the same things. So the companies are going to have to do this on a broader uh, on a nationwide basis, mm-hmm. uh state by state. So they know this is coming uh and they need to comply a- a- and um we know we know that people are innovative that they might find their ways around. Them.
0: Well, that was And you know
4: what? And when we- And when we find holes, when we find holes in the dam, we'll plug them. That was
0: going to be Uh, that was going to be one of the other questions, because as uh, every parent knows, uh, today's uh, generation of kids, incredibly tech savvy. uh, I can imagine that it won't take long before they find ways around these safeguards. I wouldn't think.
4: Well, maybe, but we're going to make it tough. Because, because you have to have parental consent to get on and, and the, and the social media company will make it hard for you to get on without that parental consent. And, and we, it's not hard though. Like we're not banning anything.
0: Okay, Mm -hmm.
4: No one's anything. We're just saying to your nine year old or your 12 year old or your 13 year old or that you just, you have to get your parents to say it's okay. All right, well, well, that seems like a pretty logical thing to do. Just right. take your phone to mom and dad and say, say, hey, I would like to sign up for TikTok. And mom and dad, you know, pipe in their information and give them the ability to consent to do that. But also at that moment, if mom and dad were to do that, they can set filters and have their own coded password that their kids don't know that say, hey, you can't be on this platform after nine o'clock at night. Uh, you cannot be on this platform or and, any of these platforms for more than three hours a day, and uh, would total, those, two hours a day or one hour a day. Those, and we're, we're going to set PG-13 filters to say that no content that wouldn't be acceptable uh, uh, under a PG-13 um, yeah. uh, uh, moniker would be on this. So just we're going to... Gonna, do two things, parental consent and making sure mom and dad can set filters.
0: And and just to be uh, clear, those parental controls uh, will be done uh, at the, the platform level or on the device or, I mean, will yeah, the Yeah, social- at the platform. So they will be responsible for level, that as well. Yeah.
4: At the platform level, when you sign your child up, you will be given all of the prompts to say, this is what we want to do. And... Because, look, the most look, I'll revisit the purpose again. We're seeing children; their mental health being affected mm-hmm. from everything, from bullying to gender transformation uh, information, eating disorders uh, information, suicide information. Uh, one young one young Ohioan lost their lives when they took the Benadryl t- challenge on TikTok, where they. Where they took a bunch of Benadryl and they were supposed to hallucinate, but instead it invoked a, a seizure, yeah. and the young man died. Yeah, like and I said, so we're just seeing. Yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna help make sure that all of those harmful things are filtered, uh, and 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 uh, parents give consent before any of their children see any of it. Yeah,
0: again, uh, you know, like I said, I think everybody agrees with the uh, idea and the principle here. Uh, the biggest unknown may be. Um, will the parents be that involved? I mean, you know, it's it's tough to force parental involvement in families where that is lacking, and we know that that is a, uh, a problem that goes beyond just social media.
4: Well, there certainly is a problem with a lack of parental involvement in our children's lives, and uh, um, I'm not going to give up on that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's an essential—when uh, you become a mom or a dad, uh, that's what you signed right. up for. Yeah, okay? no question. So go parent. That's, yeah, go parent. And but but in this particular case, I want I want to make it easier for them to do that. Yeah, uh, they may not be tech savvy. They may not know a lot of these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it easy for them to have more power and more say in the digital lives of their children when they and when it, they may not be tech savvy enough to do it on their own right yeah. now. We're going to ha- we're going to force the companies to help them. Uh, make it easier for them to do that.
0: We will leave it there for now because we are out of time. But again, uh, Lieutenant Governor John Husted with us uh, this morning talking about Ohio's new Social Media Parental Notification Act that, as you mentioned, uh, takes effect the first of the year. So we have a, a link on yeah. our uh, on our webpage for uh, more information. Uh, you can read more about the act, what it does, doesn't do, and so on. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, thanks very much for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it.
4: Hey, thank you. And no need to wait till it becomes law. and and talk with your kids now and have these conversations around the home.
0: Amen to that. Well, for everyone who is getting older, which, let's face it, is most of us, uh, we are the, the older we get, the more keenly aware we are of the issue of cognitive decline. A new report from AARP and the Global Council on Brain Health looks at the impact of a broad range of different factors and offers recommendations for achieving greater brain health. And joining us this morning with some of the details from that report is Sarah Lenz-Lock, AARP's Senior Vice President for Policy and Brain. Brain Health, and Executive Director of the Global Council on Brain Health. And Sarah, first and foremost, this report emphasizes that cognitive decline is not necessarily an inevitable part of aging. Explain.
2: That's right, Chris. We know that most people think that cognitive decline is inevitable as you age, but it's just not true. And so the report is about what can we do to support people's ability to institute and maintain those healthy behaviors that give us the best chance of maintaining our brain health as we age.
0: Now, that being said, and I want to make sure that we clarify this, when we say cognitive decline, many people will hear dementia. But that's not always the case. And one can have cognitive decline without it being Alzheimer's or some other form of dementia. So when you say that there are things that we can proactively do to protect our brain health, you're not saying that if you do all the right things, you won't get Alzheimer's, right?
2: I'm glad you pointed that out. You can do all of these healthy behaviors and you still can get the disease. And we don't want to blame people if they do. Right. Oh, they didn't, you know, exercise enough. All the exercise in the world may not be able to stop it. But it's like wearing your seatbelt, right? When you put your seatbelt on, it's no guarantee you won't get into an accident. But if you've got that seatbelt on, you know, yeah. you might do much better. And yeah. so that's what we're talking about, reducing your risk. For disease later on and maintaining a healthy functioning brain right now. Because, you know, as you age, most people are never going to get that disease, which is fantastic. Right. We want to do everything to help people who have it, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about reducing risk and staying and thriving throughout your life.
0: So you identify in the report six pillars of brain health. What are they and how do they play a role in the big picture of
2: brain health? sure being social that is the first pillar we talk about and it's staying connected with friends family coworkers staying engaged with people help you with the next pillar which is engaging your brain cognitively stimulating activities so that you know you're using it so you don't lose it mm-hmm. managing stress is an important element exercise physical activity Is incredibly important for your body, and people know that, but they may not understand that that's critical for your brain as well. Getting good quality sleep is something that pays instant dividends, and eating right, uh, a healthy diet. What's good for your heart is good for your brain. So
0: those are kind of the overarching principles here. Kind of break some of those down. Uh, I mean, obviously, some of them are self-explanatory, but uh, kind of break some of those down as to specifics on how people can improve their brain health and reduce the risk of cognitive uh, illnesses like dementia. Yeah,
2: sure. So let's talk about sleep for a second. Sleep is something that we all take for granted and we usually don't get enough of it. But what we're talking about here is sleep is important for you to restore your brain and give your body a chance to clear out those plaques and tangles that accumulate during the day. So sleep is something that people often experience changes as they age. And what you should know about that is it's perfectly normal for your sleep to change. And instead of fighting those rhythms that make it easier to get up early, but also harder to stay up later. Mm -hmm. If instead you work with your body and, and uh, respect those circadian rhythms, you're going to give yourself a better chance to get good quality sleep. And it's things like not watching television in bed or, uh, you know, turning your phone off a few minutes before you go so mm-hmm. that you're maintaining a healthy environment for your sleep. And then you, you talk about
0: uh, nutrition and, and so on and so forth uh, as, as another one of the uh, uh, pillars here. What are we looking at? What should we be uh, looking for, looking to avoid, that kind of thing?
2: Well, the shorthand is what's good for your heart is good for your brain. So if you're eating a heart-healthy diet, and lots of people are aware that leafy green vegetables are important, increasing the fish and the omega-3 fatty acids, things like reducing high fat, but salt is actually a surprising culprit for Mm. brain health problems because if it's causing hypertension... It's going to cause a problem for your brain. So eating right, it's about balancing and moderation. It's not that you can't ever eat red meat, but reduce it. Instead, substitute chicken.
0: Is that a good rule of thumb? I mean, if if it's good for your heart or if it's good for the rest of your body, it's probably good for your brain as well?
2: It, exactly, but people don't think about their their food intake so much for their brain. Yeah, They're thinking about their weight or their heart, but if you do those things, you're going to pay great dividends for your brain health over the long haul.
0: Now, going a little deeper into the report, you also identify uh, some barriers uh, that impact uh, some barriers to good brain health that uh, impact some communities more than others, environmental factors that are not within our direct control necessarily.
2: Yeah, that's one of the interesting things about the report. Um, but if a community is very deliberate in creating age-friendly communities, or what we mean by that is economic opportunities, complete sidewalks and streets, so that it's easy to actually get that exercise. Uh, If you are uh, creating good opportunities for sleep, lots of bright lights and loud noises in urban environments can really be disruptive. If there aren't parks and places for people to connect with each other, it's things like that that your community, even your employer, can do to help make it easier for you to institute these good behaviors. And it turns out that it's good for the community. It's good for the employers too. So finding those areas of common interest is what this report is about. It's not always about spending lots of huge dollars to solve these problems, but instead looking for easy solutions in your community that can be right in front of you. Now,
0: at the end of the day, uh, one of the points that you emphasize, and I think you were mentioning this uh, earlier, or at least we were alluding to it earlier, that there is no one size uh, fits all. One uh, answer is not going to be the magic solution for everyone. So with that in mind, what conversations? What questions should we be asking of our healthcare provider, the conversations with our doctors about brain health? What does that look like?
2: Well, make sure you are having those conversations. Make sure that if your healthcare provider isn't asking you about your brain health or taking a cognitive baseline screening, ask them for it because it's important to understand where you're starting so that you can take steps if things begin to change. So it's really important to engage with your healthcare provider about brain health and take the time to not only be thinking about disease or health conditions, but what you can do to reduce your risks.
0: Again, Sarah lenz is AARP Senior Vice President for Policy and Brain Health and Executive Director of the Global Council on Brain Health, talking about the latest report on cognitive decline, uh, the... Uh, and, and the best ways to prevent it to the extent that we can. Really fascinating report, and we've just kind of scratched the surface here. Where can folks learn more?
2: So the report's called How to Build Better Brain Health for All. You can find it at aarp.org slash health, all one word. If you go there, you'll find the report, plus lots of other resources AARP has for helping you to stay sharp as you age.
0: Sarah, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks for asking.
4: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Now, we've had some very bizarre thefts in the broken news in the past. As a matter of fact, we really love the unusual thefts. They're fun. They're fun to talk about. Little odd, unusual, all of that. But this is maybe the most unusual theft. And I know I've said that. (laughs) Every time I think I've heard it all in terms of the things that people could steal, somebody comes up with something new. In Nigeria, (laughs) they are investigating a bizarre heist uh, that is lighting up the world of airport crime. Thieves have managed to snatch the newly installed lighting system from one of Nigeria's busiest runways. (laughs) I know this is not something to laugh about. I mean, this could be, you know, very dangerous, obviously. But to steal the lighting system from a runway, uh, the heist has left officials both bewildered and fuming. Uh, this is according to a report from the BBC. As investigators scramble to apprehend the culprit or culprits and recover the stolen goods, speculation arises that the very hands meant to safeguard the airport may be av- involved in... In this audacious caper, maybe an inside job, the lightless runway, previously a beacon of convenience for nocturnal landings, now forces domestic carriers to play an unexpected game of follow the leader by taxiing through the international section, causing quite the disruption in the skies. With loopholes set to be sealed tighter than an overhead bin, the Federal Airports Authority of Nigeria vows to prevent future occurrences, and keep the lights shining where they belong, it goes on to say. (laughs) The the lighting system of a runway. Now that, I mean, I just can't imagine the scene with these thieves, I don't know, sitting around their house, sitting around their apartment, thinking, hey, here's an idea. Let's steal the lights from the runway. (laughs) And if it indeed was an inside job, I I just, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the idea that some airport worker is going to look out there and say, you know what? I would like to have those lights. You know, I'd like to. (laughs) What are you going to do with lights from a runway? I mean, anyway. Speaking of unusual thefts, here's one that's a little closer to home. In New Jersey, police are looking for a man who allegedly stole a police vehicle. Now, that's actually more common than you might think. We often have uh, criminals who steal police vehicles, which strikes me as a dumb thing to do. But even dumber still, in this case, it was a police vehicle with a canine inside. (laughs) With the canine inside. The incident In Gloucester County, New Jersey, on Wednesday evening, right around 5.45 p.m., when a man jumped into a police SUV and drove off, Uh, the canine inside was not harmed, no shots were fired, and the thief reportedly abandoned the vehicle about 10 minutes later. (laughs) Probably uh, because he noticed that there was a uh, dog in the uh, vehicle (laughs) who was probably none too happy with him. Uh, The chief of detectives for the... uh, department says we are pleased we were able to recover the vehicle and the canine is fine no one got hurt by this individual's actions but apparently he's still on the loose and uh, folks uh, they are are still uh, on the lookout there <laughs> got a little more than he bargain for it sounds like uh, FBI the FBI uh, has arrested a man in Louisville Kentucky accused of selling human bones online facebook marketplace well this is a crazy thing uh you remember the story of the uh former mor- now former morgue manager at Harvard Medical School who was um illegally selling human body parts <laughs> online well this guy apparently was part of that ring and he was selling uh human bones on facebook marketplace officials Say agents served a search warrant of James Knott's home in Louisville, Kentucky, after linking him to that illegal ring. Agents. Now, this is the crazy part of the story. Agents recovered approximately 40 human skulls, spinal cords, femurs, and hip bones. The FBI says the bones were used to decorate his apartment. <laughs> so the ones he didn't sell, he just decorated his apartment with. Uh, my guess is he didn't have too many friends over, you know, <laughs> not going to host too many parties with that decor in your apartment in other broken news for this Friday morning. The Santa Monica, California police department is apologizing for blasting classical music at a busy intersection last week in an effort to deter crime. Police installed traffic signals that play classical music. Uh, but people who live nearby complained, saying the music was too loud and made it tough to sleep. Police blame a software glitch that they say reset the volume at the highest possible level. <laughs> They've now turned the music off. <laughs> What's the only thing worse than uh, high crime at a particular intersection? Too much classical music. Well and just see the, the uh, people who live in the area. We'll take the crime back. We'll take the crime back. So, uh, This is kind of crazy. In, C- in Seattle, some people are up in arms because there is a, a homeless camp that has uh, popped up uh, in a an area park. Uh, residents say the camp is a crime-ridden drug den uh, that is... Uh, negatively affecting the uh, neighborhood in which these people uh, you know the other residents live they've got this homeless camp that has sprung up in this neighborhood park what they're really upset about now what the residents are really upset about now is (laughs) that the uh, homeless camp now has its own swimming pool (laughs) somebody set up an inflatable swimming pool The homeless camp in the park. Residents say the swimming pool is just a complete slap in the face. (laughs) The mayor's office says it is coordinating a response to the park, but they have not yet released full details. How they're going to deal with this. (laughs) Homeless camp with its own swimming pool. All right. And uh, finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, this from the International File. There is an uproar in Italy. After a judge ruled that groping another person is only a crime if it lasts for 10 seconds or more. Now, the reason I bring this up, you may see this online because response to this judge's ruling has gone viral. Uh, it's, it comes from a, an incident last year where a minor was allegedly grabbed by a 66-year-old man who claimed that he was joking. I was just joking. The judge presiding over the case said the groping in question does not constitute a crime because it lasted less than 10 seconds. This has caused the phrase brief groping in Italian. Um, I can't pronounce the translation, but that phrase is now trending on TikTok and Instagram with users posting videos of them groping themselves for 10 seconds to show just how long this actually is. The uh, victim in the case is concerned that the ruling will discourage others uh, from coming forward. And so, I mean, come on, groping is only groping if it lasts for a certain amount of time. I'm not surprised there's an uproar with that ruling, as well there should be. There you go, some of the uh, odd and unusual uh, headlines of the day. That is today's broken news report. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -hmm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever.
3: Hi. Oh, hey.
0: Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time.
4: Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message
1: from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN.
0: And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. What is the biggest household battleground? You might think uh, disagreements about child rearing or uh, arguments over money or, you know, those kind of things. No, 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 no. The number one household battleground, according to research uh, conducted by the website studyfinds.com, the not-so-friendly fire that ignites when partners wrestle for control of the television. <laughs> now, this is a study. Uh, they, pulled, uh, they pulled 2,000 cohabitating couples, and they found an average of four arguments per week, full-blown battles over the TV. Nearly four a week. Nearly one in five people, 19%, experience daily frustration with their partner's TV habits. 44% say they have to escape to another room for peaceful viewing. Dads show greater concern than moms for remote control supremacy. It's 51% for the men, 31% for the women, say they uh, battle over remote control supremacy. 37% of parents believe leaving their favorite seat open would reduce uh, arguments. You have arguments over uh, where where everybody sits. You're in my spot. <laughs> 37% <laughs> uh, argue over who sits in what spot. Despite all of this, 56% say they prefer to battle their partner over the remote rather than battle uh, have a battle over their children. Uh, one- third of respondents desire an extra screen for conflict-free entertainment that's the easiest solution but then it's who gets watch uh, which TV who has to, who gets to watch in the in the main room with comfy couch and who gets relegate, relegated, relegated to the spare bedroom uh, some of the top television arguments how many of these uh, have this is one that my wife and I. <laughs> Yeah, all the time, especially in the age of streaming, watching an episode of a show that you usually watch together without the other person present. <laughs> if you cheat and watch ahead without your partner. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a battle. We've had that in our house using a mobile phone or other device during a show or do it during a movie. That is a pet peeve for a lot of folks. Having to rewatch something because the other person missed it. Either because they left the room, they were on their phone, or they just fell asleep. And then you have to go back and re-watch. <laughs> Again, guilty in our house. Spending too much time choosing what to watch. Now, we've done this, uh, especially like on a Friday night. We'll be sitting at the, around the TV. We're trying to decide what to watch. And we take so long that by the time we decide it's too late <laughs> we'll know we know we'll never make it through the entire uh, entire movie or entire show because we spent too much time deciding what to watch uh asking too many questions while watching something uh my wife will do this to me uh she'll ask me a question why are they doing i don't know you've seen as much of it as i have and uh, the number one argument the volume of the tv And once again, to finish up another week, we are joined by my wife Kyra in the studio with another yummy collection of recipes, or a collection of yummy recipes. Either way, <laughs> either way, from Kyra's kitchen. Good
3: morning. Good morning. Um,
0: this is just kind of a random, yeah, uh, some stuff collection. that I've
3: tried on the grill. This
0: and this first one uh, here today is when you hear this you're going to think eh, I'm not a really I'm not really sure about this one but um i guess uh, maybe if you've been having trouble getting your kids to yeah. oh, you yeah. know, eat some of the uh, more I don't want to say exotic stuff or yeah. the, you know, the yeah. more elaborate stuff yeah. that you do on the grill. Yeah. This is... Um,
3: Something that you can do for them when yeah. you do the other stuff for you. Sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's hot dog burnt ends yeah. on the grill. I thought it was good.
3: I enjoyed them. Was, I, I like hot dogs, though. And n- these aren't just your generic hot dogs. These are like your yeah. beef hot dogs. Yeah. You, have, good, to do, you really have to... You really have to do...
0: Hot like the good yeah. Nathan's hot dogs, yeah. the all beef franks, yeah. the yeah. kosher, yes. you know. Felm. Uh, those yep. kind of things. Uh, so some real yeah. you know, substantial hot dogs. Yes. Don't get the Oscar yeah. Mayer weenies. No. No. Are-
3: no, not what you want for this recipe. Yeah. So so it's two packages of hot dogs, uh, beef, yeah. a quarter cup of yellow mustard, one eighth cup dry rub, whatever your favorite dry rub is. Um, your your burnt end sauce is a quarter cup of teriyaki sauce, uh, three quarters cup of barbecue sauce, half a cup of brown sugar, and a quarter cup of butter so place the hot dogs in a large ziploc bag add the mustard and work the bag until the hot dogs are uh evenly coated then sprinkle your dry rub on that um and then kind of rub it around you know yeah in the bag well, like you would do yeah.
0: with any rub right uh, for yeah. any but
3: you're gonna have it in the bag so, right. so just kind of use and the bag you'll be doing and- it with hot dogs
0: yeah. not with uh yeah. you know like uh, pork rib tips right, or something right, like that so.
3: right so then pre grill to low place the hot dogs directly on the grill grate and let them cook for about 15 minutes turning them often then uh uh you'll you'll want to make sure they're kind of darkened up nicely mm-hmm. and kind of look yummy because, again, i like burnt, burnt ends yeah burnt ends the, so yeah. uh remove the hot dogs and cut them in quarters uh then in an aluminum pan um uh Put in your sauce ingredients into the aluminum pan. uh, Mix that up, cut the cooked hot dogs, place them in the pan with the sauce, mix and combine. Make sure the hot dogs are all nice and completely coated. Uh, cover with uh, a foil lid or if you don't have a foil lid just foil is fine also bring the grill temperature up to about 350 degrees place the pan on the grill and let it cook for about 20 minutes um, the sauce will kind of come sticky and sugary and and uh, everything will caramelize yeah, there and yep yeah. let it rest for about 10 minutes and enjoy
0: okay the hot dog burnt ends yes it's a uh,
3: <laughs> yes
0: poor man's barbecue yes there we uh, right go there. There. This is some good stuff. Uh, to go along with that, we have an anti uh, antipasto salad. Yes. So
3: uh, half a cup of sliced salami, half a cup of sliced uh, black olives, half large cucumber chopped, one red pepper chopped, half a green pepper chopped, one small bunch of broccoli chopped, one tablespoon of Italian seasoning, quarter cup of zesty Italian dressing, and shredded cheese, which is optional. Um, combine the salami, olives, cucumbers, Peppers, broccoli, and Italian seasoning. Uh, pour the dressing over the sa- over your salad. Mm-hmm. Toss until evenly coated. Uh, top with. The cheese, uh, if desired, and serve. And it's even really good the next day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because every day, that is good. You could good, do it the night before. Stick it and, in the fridge yep.
0: and yep. let those flavors yes. combine. Yeah. And you've yeah. got a really good antipasto yes. salad there to go with your hot dog burn Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then for uh dessert, They have a recipe for peanut butter crunch crispies. Yeah,
3: this one uh, sounds really interesting. So it's a half a cup of butter, one cup brown sugar packed half a cup of crunchy peanut butter, two egg whites beaten, a half That's a teaspoon. That's interesting. By the way, just yeah. to
0: jump in there, uh, crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, crunchy peanut butter. Because a lot of these recipes right. involving peanut butter right. are, are creamy. But uh, this creamy is a variety. crunchy cookie. So, <laughs> so yeah, the yeah. crunchy yeah. peanut yeah. butter. Okay. So,
3: uh, one cup all-purpose flour, oh, a half a teaspoon of vanilla, mm-hmm. uh, one cup all-purpose flour, A half a teaspoon of baking soda, Quarter teaspoon of baking powder, one cup of Rice Krispie cereal, um, three fourths cup of chopped peanuts, a half a cup of quick oats, and three fourths cups of unsweetened coconut shredded. So preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Prepare c- your cookie sheet. Um, set that aside. Combine your butter sh- with your butter, your sugar, and your peanut butter in a large bowl. Beat at high. At a medium, medium low speed until well blended. Mm-hmm. Uh, then add your egg whites, and your vil- vanilla, and then uh, mix that well. Whisk your flour, your baking soda, your baking powder, and whisk that all together. Then mix that um, into your creamed mixture at low speed, um, a little at a time, you know, so you don't have a flour mm-hmm. craziness going everywhere. <laughs> so a little at a time. Um, and then, um, Blend in your cereal, add your peanuts and um, your coconuts, and stir that well. Scoop dough with a cookie dough scoop. Place onto your prepared cookie sheet. About these are gonna these are gonna spread, mm-hmm. so you want to place these two inches apart. A couple of inches, yeah, apart. yeah, couple Give inches apart. Give them plenty of room. Yeah, plenty of room because these are gonna spread. Um, bake for about 13 minutes or until set. Uh, don't over bake. These are ones that you want to be chewy nice and yummy. Okay. Uh, uh, let cookies rest on the cookie sheet for about five minutes before moving them over to the wire rack. Another reason because they're going to be that, chewy. Yeah. And they just need a little bit longer yeah. to rest.
0: And uh, that's another reason why you don't want to uh, over bake them because Correct. you're going to let them sit for five minutes and they're probably going right. you know, to gonna cook, continue to so, cook. Yep, right.
3: Yep. Yep. Uh, store in your air con- airtight container for up to four, five days or freeze them and they'll last for a couple months. All right. There you go. <laughs> Unless you get into the freezer quite often. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: you just Which can't resist. I do. calling my name. <laughs> yep. Uh, the recipes for the hot dog burnt ends, the antipasto salad, and the peanut butter crunch crispies are all posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, yep. correct? Yep. So at Kyra's Kitchen, W-F-I-N, you can find all of those. We also have it linked up at goodmornings.net. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the program, Generation Z versus baby boomers in the office. How bad is the generation gap in the workplace? And how do bosses and managers manage those conflicts without alienating either side? So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We Catch you back here next week.